It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, local expert, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And on today's show, we will dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder big board for the point guard position. Start to get into that a little bit today. We also have more news on the NBA restart set to happen uh, in late December. And we're even going to have another Mock Draft Thursday segment where we dive into the national landscape uh, of what all the national media has in their mock drafts going for the Thunder. And there's one pick in there that the national media has the Thunder selecting that makes me very excited and it should make you very excited as well. Pretty surprising stuff on the Mock Draft Thursday segment later on in the show. But I want to start with the NBA restart update because that's what we're all waiting for, right? We're all waiting for that concrete information about next season. And we thought we were going to get it last Friday. We thought we were going to get it the Friday before that. And every time that both sides have kind of kicked the can down the road, uh, gotten extensions, and I said earlier this week, this was the final extension This was the week that we have to have some sort of agreement or uh, some sort of ripping up of the CBA. And it looks like we're heading towards an agreement. Woj tweeted out on Wednesday afternoon that it looks like the players are going to agree to the pre-Christmas tip-off. And they can agree to that as soon as this afternoon uh, when we'll have this all set in stone for sure. But as you all know with the NBA, once Woj starts tweeting it out, it's going to happen. And so what does that mean, that the players are going to accept this pre-Christmas Day date? Well, it's it's going to mean that the season, regular season, will start on December 22nd. But think about all the things we have to get done before then. Teams have to be allowed to make transactions either on the day that the vote officially happens, whether that is this afternoon or on Friday afternoon, whenever the vote is official, teams have to start being able to make transactions like trades, re-signing players, all of that good stuff. Uh, the latest you can push that to is the draft, and I don't think they want to do that. I think that once we see an agreement from both sides, within a few hours, teams will be able to officially re-sign their players, trade their players, and all that fun stuff. And I would still expect most trades to get announced publicly on the day of the draft, which will still be November 18th. So coming down the pipe here, less than a week away, we've got the draft coming up, we've got trades coming up, we've got re-signs coming up, and then uh, 48 hours to 72 hours 
after the NBA draft is whenever you expect free agency to happen. That's what Mark Stein put on Twitter. Woj has also kind of confirmed that in some of the articles that he's written. Uh, that'll be 48 to 72 hours after the draft for free agency. Training camp then starts December 1st. And then you'll have three preseason games, which is something that I uh, questioned if you're going to do preseason or not. And, okay, you, you add in three preseason games and you're starting on the 22nd as the actual tip-off to the season. We're going to have basketball back in like f- four weeks. Uh, four weeks from basketball back? That's crazy. This is all going to come fast and in a hurry. Uh, so that opening night would be after those three preseason games. It'll be on the 22nd. Uh, of course, that means that you're going to get a huge slate of Christmas Day games as well, just like normal, because that's what the TV partners really crave and really want. So this is going to be fun stuff. And oh, by the way, somewhere in here, between the time that the players agree to this deal and the time we start December 22nd, you need a plan for the schedule. Is it truly going to be conference only, which everyone expects it to be? There's also a a part of the NBA media that expects the schedule to be put out in waves, as in the first half of the schedule is put out during that two-week break that will take away the all-star break. Um, Then you roll out the second half of of the schedule. That would be interesting as well. How does the schedule all get lined out? And then, of course, we'll find out about the official numbers for the play-in tournament, which it was expected yesterday that it would be 7 through 10 in each conference, which is good for the Thunder, not because they want to get into the play-in tournament, but because it keeps everyone else in the Western Conference vying for that play-in tournament. Therefore, it helps you tank and try to get as close as possible or into uh, that slot where you can get a 14% chance at Cade Cunningham in this upcoming NBA draft as you begin to tank. And, and so you look at this season restart for the Thunder and you have to assume that they're going to name a head coach before the draft. That is not something that is necessary because the coach, unlike most places, will have absolutely no input on roster construction. This rebuild is firmly on the back of Sam Presti, uh, but you still want to have the optics of, look, we know who our head coach is. We know who we're drafting for and just let that be the narrative around the draft. So Add that to the list of breaking news for the Oklahoma City Thunder between the season restart, the Chris Paul trade, a possible sign and trade with Gallinari. What are you going to do with Dennis Schroeder? What are you going to do with Steven Adams? Oh, yeah, you got a higher head coach, by the way. Then you get the schedule and the draft in. It's going to be a lot. So you need to stay locked in to Locked On Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City thunder so the restart's encouraging it's it's very fun I mean heck we're gonna have basketball that counts basketball that that counts in the regular season in 48 days 48 days away from meaningful basketball that's it and so for the thunder there's still a lot to get done there is still a lot to get done before that happens but the restart's gonna be here it's gonna happen uh, on the 22nd and and again we'll see also what they decided to do with the Lakers and the Heat and the teams that made it to the conference finals and to the NBA finals because maybe you do stagger the schedule and, and maybe they don't come into play for a couple of, uh, of weeks, but I don't see that being the case. I, I think that what will happen, this is my prediction, I think that the Lakers will play two marquee games out of the gate, the 22nd for ring night, the 25th to appease ABC and the, and the Christmas Day slate. And so after those two games, uh, they can play some some softer opponents, and, and LeBron will then begin to load manage. He'll he'll start for ring night, he'll start for Christmas Day, and then you see him load manage throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but 
this is all for TV money, this is all for TV partners, and you want to keep your TV partners happy by giving them not only the best game, but the best player to ever play the game in these two contests for Ring Night and for Christmas Day. And then past that, we'll see LeBron not play as much as he typically does in a season. And so that creates a whole nother storyline for this season is load management. Look, this is going to be a 72-game season. If you have an injury... If you have a a slow start to your season, look at the way the Thunder started their season last year. Uh, The whole time in any two-game season, you were looking back and saying, well, if the Thunder started faster, they'd be even higher up in the standings if they didn't have that slow start. You take away that slow start, you go from Thanksgiving, then we had the benchmark of, you go from Christmas, and we had the benchmark of, you go from January, and they kept getting better and better and better as the year went on. You're cutting that down by 10 games now. You're going to have 10 less games to turn around a slow start. You're going to have 10 less games for Portland to turn around uh, what they missed via injury, and that's where the playing tournament is going to be implemented in this season. But look at the Western Conference this year. was decided by a couple games. I mean, the Mavericks had a realistic shot in, in, in going into the bubble to be 7, as they did 4-3. The Thunder could have gone anywhere. We talked about it all throughout May at nauseum. They could have gone all the way up to 3 if things broke their absolute best way they could have gone to four they could have had a pathway to seven that's how close the western conference is and so can you load manage especially if we throw in a western only schedule where the only team in the west right now as it sits today that is looking to lose is the oklahoma city thunder that's one give me game and by the way even though they're looking to tank that is still a competitive team this is still going to be a fun energetic, competitive team in Oklahoma City. This is not going to be the process process Sixers where they're just designing offenses for Michael Carter-Williams. This is going to be a fun basketball team with Shea, with Dort's defense, with Baisley finally getting more minutes, with whoever you draft in this year's draft, whatever kind of assets you might get back from a Chris Paul trade. This is going to be a fun young team that is capable of jumping up and beating somebody. So your gimme game is still a, a, a tall task if you do decide to sit your stars. So how do you navigate load management with a shortened season, with a Western-only schedule? That's going to be so fascinating to follow all season long. Coming up, I'll give my final predictions on who I think the next head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder will be. We are also going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder NBA Draft Big Board for the guards position. Who are the top 14 guards that I would like to see the Oklahoma City Thunder select? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about your Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I want to start this segment by getting into my final prediction for who the next head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder will be. And I'll also 
start on the Oklahoma City big board for the guards position before we get into mock draft Thursday at the end of the show, which of course is whenever I take you around the national media landscape and show you their mock drafts and see who they have the thunder selecting. So I, I want to start with who I think will be the next head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let me preface this with there are no sources involved. There is is nothing I'm hearing specifically uh, from inside the building. This is just who I think they will end up hiring. And when I look at the candidates of Mark Stein, which we talked about yesterday's show, when I look at the candidates that Mark Stein put out, when I look at you know the feeling around this this coaching search from the very beginning that I've talked about and many others have talked about as well, the Thunder want to go young. And the Thunder have cornered themselves into only only selecting and hiring a former assistant coach because the, the college season starts in less than three weeks. And you, you move into the retread hires that have already been made, and you didn't want to retread hire anyway. You want a young blood coach. It leaves, in my opinion, a very specific route to go, and that's assistant coaches. And you've heard Will Hardy. You've heard plenty of names. Um, I think that this hire gets made soon after the agreement from the players and the owners on when the restart will happen. And I think that the hire will be Mark Dagnott because he has been in a, a head coach more recently than anyone else. He has been in this organization since Billy Donovan got here. He is a, a mini Billy Donovan. He is a great coach um, from all accounts. Everyone talks about how well he he handles young players, and he was a great G League coach for the Blue. Uh, he moved into the NBA uh, bench this season. Uh, he, he has been fantastic with the Blue. He had a 143-107 record. Uh, he, he was awesome, and, and, you, and you even have him coaching uh, the NBA Summer League team uh, from 2016 to 2018. Uh, the organization likes him, it seems. He fits the the mold of what they're going to go after, which is a young head coach that can be around for the long haul. Uh, they know that they like his schemes and they know he, that they like what he does um, in terms of the X's and O's. He's just like Billy Donovan. And from a personal side of things, he relates to the young players. He's been praised at nauseum about how good he is hands-on with young players. And that's what you're looking for in this head coaching hire. And I also think that it's the easiest higher to make at this stage in the game as you see the Thunder waiting out and waiting out and waiting out as long as they can to make this higher. It saves you money every step of the way, and that's something you can communicate with him uh, really directly since he's been in this organization for so long. And it's somebody who is probably going to retain a lot of the same staff from last year as he is a Billy Donovan guy and was on that staff himself. So it also creates continuity there and also does not put your next head coaching hire in a tough position trying to to scrum up a new staff on the spot. So I really think that that, that Mark Dagnog will be the, the next head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And once again, there's no hard-hitting rumors or there's no sources on this. There's none of that. I, I just think that he makes some logical sense. I will say that of the of the list that, that Mark Stein put out, uh, yes, there are they're all different names from different backgrounds, but it's all about the same thing. It's a young head coach that may or may not work out, and he's been you know they've all been uh, successful assistant coaches, and we'll see what happens whenever they get promoted to that next seat on the bench. But I do think it'll be bit Mark D uh, that that gets the next job for the Oakland City Thunder uh, for all the reasons I just said, and and we'll see where this all goes. I would expect an announcement over the weekend. Maybe I mean again, there's no sources, but the drafts on the 18th, 
the agreement is in place. You know all the facts. You know the, the salary cap, the luxury tax. You know who can and can't be traded and where they can or can't be traded to. You know all of this stuff. You know all the information now. Uh, all that's left is to put a coach in place because training camp starts on the 1st, and players are going to start coming back to the, to, to the Oklahoma City market and to start training. I mean, this happens every time training camp arrives. This is not a report date of December 20, uh, of December 1st. These guys are going to start reporting, I'd say, quickly after Thanksgiving with their families. They're going to come down here and start practicing and getting ready for the season. So you need that head coach there to at least have some sort of a, a face for this organization. So I would imagine it happens uh, the, over the weekend, but at the very, very least, uh, right before the draft. So it's going to be fun, and we're going to see a ton of news out of Oklahoma City in the coming weeks, and it'll be fun, and it'll be covered all on Locked on Thunder. No matter what, this is your daily podcast for the Oklahoma City Thunder, your daily news source for Oklahoma City. So I want to dive now into the Oklahoma City Thunder big board, and I want to talk about the guard position. What guards would I like to see the Thunder draft? And so as I did with the big man category, my number one prospect on this big board, I'm not sure how obtainable it is for Oklahoma City because, frankly, he's all over the map on where he's going to get drafted. Some people have him in the top 10. Some people have him in the in the bottom 20s. Some people have him in, in, in the late lottery. He's all over the board. But to me, he is one of the best players in this draft. And he will feel like a steal in this draft class for a lot of teams, and that is Tyrell Terry. The point guard out of Stanford, he is an amazing perimeter shooter. Um, he is just awesome as a point guard. He is only 19 years old, 6'2", uh, height, no wingspan registered anywhere because, again, the combine's all weird right now. I couldn't find his wingspan. And the real only downside of this pick is if he's as good as I think he's going to be, which is someone I think that you have to have in your starting lineup, especially as you try to tank. But even beyond that, he's going to be a nice starter or a very, very, very valuable six man. He's an undersized point guard, and you can find – room for him because of Shea's versatility and if Shea locks in defensively uh, with Bayes' versatility defensively uh, you, you can start to hide uh, Terry because of course you have that locked in defender with Lou Dort uh, but you're going to have to find a way to hide Terry on the defensive end now even though he's only 6'2 he does not have to be a ball dominant point guard so that does not rule out your ability to put Shea as your lead ball handler if that's the route you want to go with this regime whoever the next head coach is if he wants to make Shea a true point guard, then really Terry is very comfortable playing off ball and shooting off ball and coming off screens. He's an elite shooter. He is elite at shooting the basketball. You can do it off the dribble for sure, but he is also elite at getting space for himself off the ball and being able to catch and shoot from a three-point standpoint. And if you do want to keep Shea as the off-ball guard, He's a nice passer, and he's a good he's a good uh, ball handler, so he can be your your uh, lead ball handler as well if you need that to be the case. Uh, I do worry about how he can create a shot for himself off the dribble at the NBA level, uh, but we'll see if he can develop into that. But again, the defense and, and his ability to create for himself at the NBA level off the dribble are two red flags for me. Like any player, especially a guard. At a university at like Stanford that does not have a ton of talent around you, he took some wild shots. He he took some forced shots. He took some advice shots. As I've always said, I cannot put a too big of a red flag on that because I think that that really starts to slow down when you put NBA talent around somebody. Uh, of course, that they feel the pressure at 18, 19 years old in high school and in college to 
take ill-advised threes and, and, and to force up a shot and to put it on themselves to be the offensive focal point. They feel like they have no other option. And that's just not what happens at the NBA game. So I would trust that he can grow out of that and to kind of reel in his shot selection. So I think that this is a fantastic pick. This would be amazing to, to grab Terrell Terry. The problem is I'm not sure that he'll be there at 25. If I was a GM, he for sure would not be there at 25. So unsure the availability of him. But as we said yesterday, there's a package on the table, according to sources from the New York outlets that would make Sam Presti very, very happy from getting Chris Paul to the New York Knicks. And the Knicks do not have a ton of assets to give up that would make Sam Presti very, very happy. It would be the eighth pick, R.J. Barrett or Mitchell Robinson, and we can all agree R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson should be untouchable. So that leaves you with only the eighth pick, and that gives you a ton of flexibility to get anyone that you want to. Now, number two is way more realistic, and that is Desmond Bain. And, and honestly, I struggled to put Desmond Bain at number two because I think that he might be better than Terrell Terry in the sense of um, as, a, as a reliable NBA player. Desmond Bain is going to truly be awesome. And I know that some people would have him as a as a wing. I think he's more of a shooting guard at the NBA game, but that's kind of nitpicking as we are in positionless basketball all of the way. And so who really cares if you're a wing or if you're a, a shooting guard? But he's 6'6 with a 6'5 wingspan, so he can absolutely play on the wing. He is amazing off the ball, a great perimeter shooter, amazing hustle, good defense. He is a prototypical NBA player who is going to be a contributor for a long, long time at the NBA level. He is an awesome playmaker, I think, um, in the sense of for his position, what he's going to be asked to do at the NBA level. Um, I, I don't think that he can beat you off the dribble. I don't think he can create for himself by getting to the rim with the ball in his hands. But he's a nice cutter, so, so that helps as well. But again, with the ball in his hands, he will not blow by you. He will not get past you. He will not get to the rim and will struggle to finish at the rim with the ball in his hands. You know, if he has to create for himself and get there by himself, he's a good cutter. He can finish off that cut, but but I just don't see a way for him to create with the ball in his hands to get to the rim. But I do worry also about his defensive versatility in the sense of as we move to positionless basketball at 6'6 with a 6'5 wingspan, how many positions can you guard? Can you take one through five? Can you take one through four? Can you only take one through three? What are we looking at with Desmond Bain in the sense of his defensive versatility? Because he's a good defender in general. He is. He gives effort. He gives hustle. He stays in front. He is smart. He understands the passing lanes. He's a good defender. But how, how spread out can that defense go? How far can that defense get him? How many positions can he pick up as we try to tr- transition here into the modern NBA where we're going to look positionless basketball? Uh, but he's a nice cutter, so that, that helps his finishing out a lot. Uh, but again, I just don't trust his ball handling and his burst. Uh, he is a great three-point shooter, knockdown three-point shooter, 43% from three, 80% from the line at TCU. And you know me. I am a big proponent of your free throw percentage will be indicative of, of how you can shoot the three-point ball more often than not, uh, going from the college to the NBA level. He has it. He has a soft touch. He has everything you want uh, in a scoring threat and someone who can really help out Shea. If you're going to want Shea to really hone in on that point guard position, having him and giving him the ability to dish it out to Desmond Bain, to dish it out to Darius Baisley, 
is going to really help his playmaking assets. We saw Baisley catch fire from three more than once in the bubble. We saw Lou Dort all throughout the season and a couple times in the bubble have some promising three-point games, and he has a very promising free throw percentage at the NBA level and at the college level. We saw Desmond Bain, of course, has an elite three-point ability. If you surround Shea with those shooters, then as he's the lead guard and he still has that explosiveness, he still has that change of gear to get to the rim, that patented scoop layup, that opens up your offense a lot for whoever this next head coach is going to be. And so Desmond Bain really excites me. If you get either one of these two guards, I am going to be over the moon the day after the draft. I'll be over the moon on draft night. It'll, it'll be incredible. So we only got through two of the Oakland City Thunder big board uh, guards top 14. That's to be expected as we combine point guards and shooting guards. We will get through all of the rest of the 14 list on tomorrow's show on Friday. But after the break, we're going to talk all about Mock Draft Thursday, and that's where I dive into the national experts and who they have the Thunder picking. That's coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So I want to dive in now to the Mock Draft Thursday. As you know, every Thursday we take a look around the national media and their mock drafts and who they have the Thunder picking, and I relay that information to you right here. So we start with the ringer, as we always do. Still no change there. Kevin O'Connor put out a new mock draft um, earlier in the week, but no change. It'll be uh, Pukalitski for for, uh, O'Connor. The Athletic, still no change. Isaiah Stewart, the big man from uh, Washington. Now CBS put out a mock draft about eight hours ago, and they said that they have Terrell Terry going to the Thunder, and that's what I mean. Terrell Terry is all over the board. Some people even have him going to the Thunder outright at 25, which I think is insane because of the talent that I think Terrell Terry has. But if he can truly fall to 25, that is a massive steal in this NBA draft class. Bleacher Report has Josh Green. Yahoo has Josh Green, both the wing from Arizona. Now, NBC is projecting a trade, the 25th pick and the 2021 first-round pick for the 16th pick from Portland and the Thunder drafting R.J. Hampton. I I would not like R.J. Hampton for that cost. I love R.J. Hampton as a prospect. I would not like him for the cost of any future picks. I I don't view anyone in this class worth trading future assets for, uh, future draft pick capital for. I just don't. Even R.J. Hampton, who I like a lot, I just wouldn't want that to happen. I I really wouldn't. Uh, But NBA Draft Net has Josh Green, again, the wing from Arizona. And then Tankathon still going with Leandro Balmaro. Uh, And so for the spotlight of today's Mock Draft Thursday, I want to highlight Josh Green, the wing from Arizona, as we've talked about the other guys quite a bit, including Terrell Terry on today's show. So Josh Green is a 6'6", 210-pound wing with a 6'10 wingspan. He's a nice spot-up three-point shooter. He has a great touch on his shot. I like his mechanics. I like his form. I think that he's a great defender and has the ability to become a great defender. That defensive 
that defensive upside is, is there for Josh Green. Also, the only real downside for me, what I kept coming back to as, as I was watching the film and, and grading him out as an NBA player, the downside I found over and over again, and the real only glaring issue was the fact that he turns the ball over and that his, that his handles are not very crisp for a 6'8 wing. And I, I go back to, I trust Lou Dort's handles. I trust Shea's handles. I think I, I trust for sure Baisley's handles. I think you have plenty of guys who can handle the basketball to where you will not put him in position to, you know, control the ball for all of that long and to really allow that weakness to shine. Uh, it, it does limit what he can do as, as, a, in, as an ISO player, but again, I don't view him as an ISO player at the NBA level. I view him more as a spot-up shooter. Uh, so he for sure, in my opinion, has a lesser upside of any of these guys, but I do feel comfortable with him being a solid spot-up three-point shooter for you, which you can always need and you always will need and you can never have enough of. So that's good as well. And with that defensive upside, he becomes to me a good 3 and D wing. Now there's better 3 and D wings out there for sure, but he's a very good one. So I would not mind the Josh Green pick. So on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk all about whatever more news we find out because look, we've got to get the start date official. We've got to get the new deadlines for the uh, player options, the team options, the trade exceptions. You might see some reports of possible trades. You might see a Thunder coaching hire. We're going to have all that for you on Friday's show and also going to break down and dive fully into the Oklahoma City Thunder big board for the guard position and have yet another stock watch Friday where I tell you whose stock I'm buying and whose stock I am selling. So that'll all be coming up on Locked on Thunder on tomorrow's show. And then all next week, we get you set for the draft, free agency, and trade season. It's, it's going to be a wild ride here on the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, Locked on Thunder. Find it anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to the show, review the show, all that good stuff. And go check out Locked on NBA right now as they continue to break down this NBA news and, and the comeback tour for the NBA more in-depth from a national stage. We've got you covered on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Be good and be good to one another. Perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.